You are listening to the sermons of the late Pastor Frank Hampton Jr., who pastored the Church of God in Jackson, Michigan from 1963 to 2018. If you would like to learn more about Pastor Hampton or the Church of God, please visit our website at www.churchofgodjackson.com. Again, that's www.churchofgodjackson.com. We hope you enjoy the message. God bless. Chapter number three, verses thirteen and fourteen. Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do. Forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth unto those things which are before. I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Let me read at least a portion of that verse again. I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. We want to talk to you this evening about time is time for liftoff. Time for liftoff. We're living in an era of rockets and spaceships and all this kind of thing and whenever uh, there is a launching of those uh, space vehicles there's a lot of fanfare and advertisement that goes along with it and you hear something like this they have begun the countdown indicating that there is a specific time for liftoff. And Paul is saying in this text, I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling. The high calling. Now you listen. I want you to follow me closely this evening. The high calling. There are two callings. I trust we are aware of that. And you need to get this tonight because it's essential. First, Jesus calls us to himself. Come unto me, ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I'll give you rest. Then, there's a calling after that. There's a calling in Christ. And you need to understand this tonight. Of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. After you're called to Christ, there's a calling in Christ. The religious world is so far behind that I almost despair as to whether there is any likelihood or even probability of catching up. People 
are so bent on this little idea of believism. Believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and that's it for good, for eternity. But dear one, that's scratching the surface even if you do it right. Listen, I fear lest few of you are even aware of this. Paul said that in verse number what, 14, I press toward the mark. This man, this man was filled with God's spirit, illuminated, and he is saying, listen, I'm in Christ securely. But there is a high calling that I'm striving with all my might to achieve. I must achieve it here and now. The one, this a lack of this perception has taken one group after another into apostasy. They get that they are the same spirit that I'm rich, I'm in good good, and they stop striving. I'm in Christ, I'm saved, and, and, and they relax with that idea. But may God have mercy. That's why there's so little glory, so little accomplishments. And it seems all that you can say or do, it does not stir people to the end that they're really going to launch off into orbit for Christ. But this is the situation. If you have to be singular, and you will have to be today, because you're not going to get a lot of inspiration from people. There won't be many incentives. If you are going way out for Jesus, above this dark and benighted world, you're going to almost take a solo flight. And I'm telling you, there was a time when people had so much inspiration, there was a general atmosphere of inspiration, and one would challenge one another. I can remember when they were challenging four and five and six days fast, and I'll go with you. Let's go. What else can we do for God? What else can I give up for God? Uh, uh, Brother Hampton, what does this mean? And uh, how can I go higher? I wouldn't have sacrificed anything. If you, do you see anything that stands between me and my potential for God? I'm not concerned about job. I'm not concerned about positions in life. I just want to reach my potential in God. That attitude is almost into oblivion tonight. God have mercy. Be one even in the ministry. Most ministers are satisfied to preach a good sermon and get a few amens and that's the extent of it. Don't even set the, the, the job of the ministry, whether they're capable of performing the full uh, up, uh, responsibility of the ministry. But may God help us. Now you listen. We're going to have to move on because there are some very vital points that we must reach tonight, the Lord willing. All right. Needless to say, many have been around for months, yea, years, and they are yet on the launching pad. They are yet on the launching pad. They're the great big cement pad so thick that will stand the thrust of the rocket which takes its trajectory. And it's so many feet thick because the thrust in the opposite direction is of such that it would just uh, mutilate anything underneath it. That's called the launching pad. But many times, for whatever reason, those rockets remain on the launching pad for indefinite periods. Maybe there's a technological 
difficulty or, or, or maybe there's some kind of mechanic malfunction, but for whatever reason, they are left on the lunching pad. And they are talking about it and they're trying to correct it and all this kind of thing. They want let me tell you something. Do you know the average saint that you know wherever they are are still on the lunching pad? They're talking about going higher. They're talking about reaching that potential. They're talking about going deeper in God and getting more of the glory of God. But that's the extent of it. They never get past the talking stage. And as a result, all that you have today for the most part is theoretic glory. Glory in theory. Explaining the glory. But in actuality. See, there is an atmosphere. Now, the Bible says that in this age, this the Odyssean age, would be a lukewarm age, mean an age where people are nonchalant. I mean, they, are, they, they become satisfied. And preach what you will, it does not stir them. You rarely find a person standing and say, listen, I've decided to give it up. I've decided to give up life and be my best for God. I've decided that I'm not concerned about the best of both worlds anymore. Amen? It's such a rarity. And in most instances, when people do something, they're doing it for the better, for temporal advantage. They're going to try to live on a higher standard. It's not because they're seeking the gospel for the most part. I tell you, children. It's not that they're seeking uh, the kingdom of souls. They are seeking maybe a better advantage in this world, in this life. That's the, that's the situation with most people that even adventures to any extent for God or supposedly for God. Now you follow me close tonight. People, for the most part, are yet on the lunching pad. They're talking about it. They're polishing that rocket and talking about its potentials and how one day they'll be in orbit and they'll look down on this earth and see it as a little ball about this size and, and uh, they'll land on the moon and, and they'll get on the umbilical cord and take a spacewalk and all this kind of thing but never actually leaving the lunching pad. They are satisfied with saying, I'm an astronaut. What are you doing? I'm an astronaut. You will, how many times have you flown it up and none? I'm just an astronaut. We have a lot of spiritual astronauts around here who have never left the Earth's atmosphere. Now here, I'm going to tell you, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be... I want to do some keynoting tonight, so I'm going to have to get right to the point. Because you're going to have to get this. Listen. Do you know there is only a certain place where God can really use you? Now, you might be appointed to something, but you won't be of any real spiritual benefit. I'm telling you this. What? Because there is a calling, and unless you obtain that height of your calling, you'll never be used of God to any extent. Now, we got churches all over the land that people are, are doing things in droves, but they're doing nothing of a spiritual value whatsoever. They're, what they're doing is bringing absolutely no glory to the church. I can't satisfy myself with that. God knows it. Brother, I could not satisfy myself with the mundane. I mean, just being a part of a religious crowd and maybe delivering an occasional sermon and going here, maybe and running a meeting or two. My God is so much beyond that all right now here 
There must be, 2 Corinthians 12, there must be a specific lift-off point. There must be, now you listen, you ask many people tonight, are you really in a spiritual orbit? Well, I don't know. I hope so. Well, you know why you don't know? Because you don't remember any time that you went in orbit. And you probably aren't there. Now, I want to tell you tonight, you go, you, there must be a time of your liftoff. You don't just wake up one morning zooming around the earth near Mars and Pluto and whatever. There must be a specific, there must be a time. All right, I'll read it to you. Verse number one, 2 Corinthians 12. It's not expedient for me, doubtless, to glory. I will come to visions and revelations of the Lord. I knew a man in Christ above 14 years ago. Was in the body? I cannot tell. Whether out of the body, I cannot tell. God knew it. But I remember the liftoff. I can tell you exactly, it was above 14 years. I remember when I went in orbit. And thank God, I saw and experienced some things that are extraterrestrial, that are above this world. I got an experience that made me the apostle, gave me the authority that I later on exercised in the church. The, the devil couldn't talk him out of it. The devil couldn't accuse him because he knew when it happened. He knew the difference before and after. This going through life and under this gospel, don't know whether we are on the ground or whether we are uh, above the atmosphere and satisfy ourselves until we die like that. The saints of old wouldn't do it, brother. They got before God until God dealt with them in such a way that they knew that they had been thrust into orbit by the Holy Ghost. And brother, and the evidence of it was shown in their action, whether small or great. It was shown. I'm going to tell you something, children. Listen. The Bible says the mounting of the Lord's house shall be exalted above the hills. Listen. There are many hills, false religions, false churches. The mounting of the Lord's house is the most elevated position on earth. The hills are little supplementary uh, elevations. But now the Bible says the mounting of the Lord's house is going to be exalted above the hills for you to do anything in this time in which we're living, you got to, your experience, your power, your glory got to be above false religion. Otherwise, you're not going to impress them. I'm telling you this. Now, you mark this down. I don't care. You can get your little bag and go where you will. You're not going to do anything unless you are above those groups that have taken this world by storm. They're organized. They're versed in the Word of God. They can deliver a sermon. They can make sense to the people. More sense than you make, perhaps. But the only thing that's going to put you above them, you must be lifted off by the Spirit of God 
and that high calling in Christ Jesus you must achieve. Now putting forth one little feeble effort and failing is not sufficient. You've got to stay before God. It, it, it seemed to me that your need should dictate that kind of striving. It seemed to me that you've been in the mud and dust so long, you would be longing for liftoff. It seemed that you would be so dissatisfied with your plight that if there's any possibility of getting up there, I would pay any price. I would yield whatever. I would sacrifice anything that life holds dear. But who has that attitude? But who has that attitude anymore? You know what you do? You compare yourself with yourself. And you say, I'm doing better than most people. I'm doing good as they're doing. And many times, I'm going to show you. See, I analyze this thing they want. I assisted it. I've seen many people getting ready for liftoff, but they look around at other people, and they decide they're doing good as the rest of them. And that's the end of that. See, it's hard they want to uh, be lifted above uh, your contemporaries. You can, you'll content yourself if you're doing good as those around you. There's something that's hypnotic about uh, your environment. Where there's no real challenge, you'll find yourself rotting in your position, in the dust. Dear one, you owe it to the newcomers to get on, and, and, and you'll give them something to shoot at, something to strive at. That's what Elijah did, because Elijah had so much power. He, he challenged him. I must get in orbit. I must get there. I must get there. I must have it. I must get there. He was so challenged by the authority and the power and the glory that Elijah had. I just got to have it. That's all there is to it. And what have I got to do? I bought my oxygen. I quit my job. I don't care what I got to do. But people today, brother, just to say, I'm saved. And I'm wondering with that attitude if you're really saved. When you're not striving to be the very best that you can be, you're and you're so concerned about what's happening to you who's not treating you right and the trouble you're having at home that you're not even seeking this place any longer for the most part. You're concerned about your plight and what you don't have and, and, and the difficulty of making the end meet. That's secondary. And you decide one day when I get situated then I'll see God in a real way. Let me tell you something, children. Each of you, whether you realize that or not, have a calling, a high calling. Yours might not be on the same elevation with everybody else's, but every last one of you got a high calling. And God have mercy upon you. If you get up before God and have not reached your potential, I know people, if they will let go and let God, brother, they could turn this world upside down. They have the potential. They have the wherewithal, but they don't have the consecration and dedication. When you look back when God lets you review life and see what you are and what you were and what you could have been, had you let go and let God, you're going to drop your head in the judgment. I want you to hear this tonight. Some of us, maybe from a young man or woman, could have been an evangelist and maybe set this world on fire. You might not have had a lot going through educationally 
but you had such a vision of the church. You had such an, an, an assessment of the worth of a soul. You saw it clearer than most people. And it takes that kind of burden to really move the world. You had it. Some of you had it. Some of you saw this world as just a passing post. You saw it for what it's really worth, nothing. And you saw that one soul is worth more than the whole world. You saw that. Those are the kind of people that are going to turn this world upside down. But you, but you lost that vision. And now, trying to survive in life is your primary concern. Just about all of you are for trying. I'm having a hard time in life. I'm having a hard time in life. Well, is that your primary concern? Then you talk about having a hard time trying to get in the orbit. I'm having, what? Why don't I hear that sometimes? I'm having a hard time making my, meeting my bill and paying my bill and making my ends meet. Oh, I'm having a hard Why does it disturb you that much? Because you're not, you're having a difficult time getting in orbit. For example, I fasted four days, but it looked like I couldn't get lunch off. I, and I see a place in God, and I must get there, I die. I must get there. David Brainerd, I believe it was, this Scotchman, went back to Scotland, and he was so burdened for that place. He said, give me Scotland or I die. And then he would go out behind the house and get before God. And in the, in the snow would be feet deep. And he would pray with such intensity and such fervor that the heat emanating from his body would just melt the snow all around him. God gave him Scotland. God gave that man Scotland. Gave it to him because of the burden. He got above this world and got a burden that other preachers didn't have. And, and those who were just doing it for the name and just doing it because it seemed popular. He got a real burden and God gave it to him. David bring it. Read the story. But this world, the one, each pick of the clock, leaves you different than you were before. Right now, you, when you're in your teens, and God may have been dealing with you about the ministry, and you, well, I get my education, then I'll, I'll pursue. And now you got that. You get a job, and well, as soon as I get married, I'll pursue, so there won't be no distraction. You do that, and that takes you deep in the hole. And now, uh, when you get your house paid for, when you get your bills caught up, it's going to be always something until you die. It's going to be always something. And, and, and to me, it seems that somebody ought to break out of this in order to see this. This ought to become clear to somebody. There's going to be a specific time. You're going to come to a crossroads. I'm going in the orbit or die. If I lose everything, if I lose my life, whatever I lose, you've got to be that, you've got to be that desperate. Otherwise, you just end up right down in, on these mundane shores uh, eating dust with everybody else. Who is so dissatisfied today that they're willing to sacrifice anything to get on up where the glory is? Listen, you'll have no glory unless you go where the glory is. You're not going to wish any glory down. If that were the case, all of these congregations, all these places would be filled with glory. You're not going to wish glory down, brother. You're going to pray it down and sacrifice it down. All right. There must be, there must be a specific lift-off point. 
I knew a man in Christ about 14 years ago. 14 years ago. Verse 4 says how he was caught up in paradise and heard us speak of the words. Thank God he got, but he had to get an orbit to hear those words. Thank God he got a message from God. He got a vision of this gospel from God that none of his equals came close to. Why? Because they satisfied themselves with just being called preachers and teachers and evangelists. But Paul said, oh, no. Paul says, I, there's a mark, there's a high calling in Christ. There's a high calling in Christ. And I'm not going to satisfy myself with anything less than, than the utmost. I don't care about nothing. Listen, whatever I get or don't get in life, it's not, it's not going to be an issue. The one, you know, I'm, I'm praying today. And that's my prayer today. I don't want to stand before God and review my life and see what I could have been if I had given myself more fully to God. So it happened, you had the potential. You had the tools, but I didn't have you. You were calling your own shots. You controlled your own life. You did what was convenient for you to do. You didn't put yourself out. Your life, your livelihood was first and foremost. And as a result, you never left the luncheon pad. And I'm going to tell you, we're blessed if we know where we are. If we know that we're still on the luncheon pad, we're, you're blessed. But if you deceive yourself and think you're in orbit when you're down here, and this is not confined to a select few. As I, and I reiterate, you have a high calling, a very high calling. Every last one of you, a high calling. Now, it might not be high in, in position as man regards it, but you've got a high calling in the spirit. Yes, you have too. And I want to read just a little, a little more to you. Turn to Colossians, chapter 3, verse 1. If the world is sing a song sometimes, if you don't go to hear to me, well, I'm by the grace of God. Colossians chapter 3, I believe I want verse number 1. If ye then be risen if with Christ, if ye then be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above. Seek those things which are above. Where Christ sitteth on the right where hand Christ of God. Where Christ on the right hand of God. Listen, listen, wait, just a moment. Lord have mercy. Let's study this. If indeed you are risen with Christ, don't get carried away with that. Because you might have a little advantage in knowing the truth. Don't get excited about that. If ye then be risen with Christ, seek those things. Get on the lunch. Seek a lift off. Now go on off in orbit. If you're risen, now get on off in orbit. Seek those things which are above. Seek them. Look for them. Fast and pray after it. Give up life to get there. Don't you know, dear one, God is not pleased with a handful of people at best in orbit that got a real unction, a real anointing, a real power, a real authority. Don't you know God is not pleased with that? As destitute as the church world is, don't you know that God is not pleased with that and those are just sitting around talking about it? I don't know any more we can do. I don't know any more we can do. 
I think this. I'm trying to find a solution here. I'm thinking this. Many people didn't do it when they could have done it. And now they're in a position where it would almost uh, be catastrophic as far as earthly things are concerned to do it. When you could have done it, when you didn't have a wife and a lot of children, but now the enemy says, now what are you going to do about your wife and children? Well, you've got, you got to deal with that. That's, that's, that's your thing. Because if you had done it when you should have done it, you wouldn't have to ask the word about me. Oh, this is a tremendous thing, children. And you're going to fool around and find one excuse after another why you can't do it right now, and after a while you'll be too old to do it. Or you'll be uh, incapacitated and can't do it. Or you'll be dead and you won't do it. If ye then be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above. The Bible, and that, wait a minute. One, will you please? What are about 95, 99, some fraction of percent of people seeking today? Are they seeking things above or are they seeking things on earth? You think about it. You listen, children. Jesus, in exhorting his disciples, said, listen, these things do the Gentiles. And you're not doing any more than the Gentiles doing. Just a little more religious. But you are, your quest to live and survive is just as strong as the Gentiles. So all these are the Gentiles. So how can you claim any more than the Gentiles if you're doing as the Gentiles? If your ambition is the same, how can you claim anything different? If your quest is just as hard but, and to survive and to live on a certain plane as a Gentile, how can you claim any more than the Gentile? And how do you expect any more glory than the Gentiles? If ye then be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ sitteth on the right hand of God. Right now, some of you are sitting there thinking you want to lift off, but the devil is going to bombard you with what all will be involved now in lift off. It doesn't matter if you lift off now. What about this? What about that? Some people are so strung out in debt now, they got maybe ten, eleven hundred, or twelve hundred dollar a month house notes. They got six or seven hundred dollar a month car notes. And they got four or five hundred dollars utility bill because they got air conditioning all over the place you know, and whatnot. And that's and now, how in the world are they going to be lifted off because they'll have to drop a lot of that stuff and that would be too much of a sacrifice. The devil got just get you just where he wants you. Just exactly where he wants you. He, been, he worked for years to get you in a place and then after a while, you'll satisfy yourself, well, as soon as I get things under control, I'm going to really get in orbit. No, you're not going to get in orbit. You're going to get in the grave. You're going in the opposite direction. And keep on going in the opposite direction, perhaps. If ye then be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ is on the right hand of God. Listen, set your affection on things above, not on things of the earth. Your affection. Your affection. Your nose got to be pointed toward heaven. Those rockets are pointed toward the heavens. And that thrust are catapults them in are uh, this direction. Many of you, if you were around when they launched the first one, 
and they showed it on all kind of TVs and whatnot. Uh, you can see the trajectory. And they would, as it went on, you could see it go out of sight, and they would narrate it and tell you step by step what was happening. And then you would hear over the radio uh, their communication system, just where they were. And when they left the Earth's atmosphere, and when they got in orbit, and then they could look down on this world and describe what it was like. They look just like a little ball down there. The Earth looks so different when you get above it. It looks like nothing but just a little ball, just about what it is. Just a little old messy ball. But when you're down here, all the grandeur and all, it's, so, it's devastating. But brother, when you look down, when you get above it, and you see all of the majesty of the planetary system, planetary system and, and all of the universe, you can see it in such, a, uh, such a, an amazing fashion, then the earth looks like nothing. Speak those things which are above, above. Right now you're so blinded by life, you've sought it so long, you're so intrigued by the here and now that you don't even, the earth looks so good to you, you cannot even imagine getting above it. Well, we're going on. Right now, no doubt many of you are struggling. Yes, you want to be out there. You want to be out there where the glory is, where the power is. You want to get in a different dimension. But what it would take to get there now is more than you're willing to pay. And you know what you do? You're going to satisfy yourself because well, I don't see a lot of others out there. And that's, and that's what, that's what takes people into apostasy. That's what takes people into apostasy. I don't see a lot of other people out there. And they seem to be doing all right. Well, they might seem to be. They might seem to be. Well, set your affection on things above, not on things on the earth. Lift off. Why did Paul have to exhort these saints like this? They were already saved. So why did he have to tell them you need to lift off? He letting them know that you you just you just still the forgiver, but you you're not even usable. Your affection is in the wrong. You still earthbound. You still lunch to the, you still uh, attached to the lunching pad. You've got to be loosed. That's the thrust you need yet. My the Lord. I want to end up my ministry on the very best note ever. But I can't wish it into being. I said, now, whatever and wherever and under whatever circumstances it takes to make that, then I am releasing myself. I, I, I said, well, I'm releasing myself. Because I don't want God to expose this truth to me and separate talk about it and how glorious it is and never know the very best of the highest position in Christ that I was capable of achieving. I don't want to see where I was and where I could have been. Second Chronicle 15.10. You got something to deal with, children. You got something to deal with. And, as you, and the more you resist this and, and put it off, the less likely you'll ever, ever get there. There's going to come a time you're going to have to say, I'm, thr I'm thrusting off tonight. I'm going to light the fuse tonight. 
I'm going to release the trigger tonight. 1510, Second Chronicles. So they gathered themselves together at Jerusalem. They gathered themselves together. Now you want to, Brother Hamilton, how do you lift off? I'm going to tell it to you tonight because you're going you're gonna to make some decisions. You're coming to a crossroad. That's all there is to it. Otherwise, you'll make a decision or you'll be buried. Come on with it. So they gathered themselves together at Jerusalem. In the gathered themselves together in Jerusalem. In Go the on. 15th day of the reign of Asa. And they offered unto the Lord. The they offered time, unto the Lord. The same time. Same time. The spoil which they had brought. 700 oxen and 7,000 sheep. The spoil which they had brought. 700 oxen and 7,000 sheep. And they entered into a covenant. And they entered into a covenant. To seek the Lord God of their fathers. Seek the Lord God of their fathers. With all their hearts. With all their hearts. And with all their souls. And with all that we're going we're gonna, to we're take, we're going to, we're going to, we're going to, we're going to have a liftoff tonight. And we've been talking about it, but we're going to have to get before God. Now I'm going to tell you step by step how you do it. I'm not going to be ambiguous. I'm going to be clear. Listen. All right. We're going to enter into a covenant with God. And you're going to do what? Seek the Lord God of their fathers with all but their hearts. I don't know what to do, but I'm going to seek God until he shows me what to do. Because I've got, I've got to get in of it. Now, if you don't know what to do, uh, uh, I don't know what to do. I don't, well, God will show you what to do. He'll show you what to do in your specific situation. He'll show you what to do. He'll show you what to do because he knows your capabilities. He'll show each one of you what to do. If the issue is not ignorance of God's will, but your unwillingness to seek it. Most people are not that concerned because they feel that it's not that consequential. But it's all, you're going you're gonna to know better one of these days. Watch and see what I tell you. They were awakened, as I trust many of you are tonight. They were awakened. God keep on waking you up. You pray and leave it at, and stay on the lunching pad. You pray, you talk, and end up at the same place. I told you about a minister friend of mine in Virginia. He made a rocket. Ordered all that expensive aluminum. Got the right kind of had engineers, I understand, to tell, I guess, the, uh, the heat endurance and all this kind of had a cone-shaped nose and a seat. He died about four years ago. What happened to this rocket still on the lunching pad? And it'll be there. Because he talked about it and theorized about it, but he never, he never got the wherewithal for liftoff. And I don't know if son might have sold it for scrap aluminum. I don't know. May as well, because he wasn't going nowhere. And that might be what we have to end up doing with some of you. Come on with it. And they entered into a covenant. Entered into a covenant. To seek the, seek Lord, the Lord God. The Father. With all their heart and with all their heart. Wait a minute. We've been talking about this thing long enough and... We'll be talking until we die. We're not going to do anything unless we get drastic about it. I wish y'all prayed tonight. I'm going I'm, I'm I'm to close it out here pretty soon. They say we are not going to do anything but talk unless we get drastic. Been had it on the drawing board for years. I heard preachers get awakened. I'm going to have it. If I die, I'm going to have it. I'm going to have it. If I have to fast every other day, I've had all that kind of stuff. But it dies. They never get off nothing for it. They make all of those wild declarations among the people and vows, but you want to get drastic. Because we're living in that time where the Bible says 
When the Son of Man comes, will he find faith in the earth? In other words, it's hard to find anybody now with faith enough to drop life. They cannot trust God to protect his own testament and not the Bible. They were going to hold on to it long as they can and start to fight themselves and, and let them all live in order. When you live with your little car, have a big wheel, and a box, and not even in the wheel, but you just, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you can always sleep in the side, but not in the back. You can't win. And that's what people didn't do. Talking about Arbid and didn't talk about a whole lot of high spiritual talking and, and didn't use all the other people about a lot of spiritual talking about a lot of Arbid talk. And end up in a lukewarm, lethargic position and satisfy themselves with it. Don't you know God is jealous? When you're seeking anything with more intensity than this fullness, even a wife. That's why many people lose out when they get married. They're seeking the field of life and, 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 and a wife and a husband more than they're seeking God. And God gets jealous and gets real to you. And when you get married, it don't work. Because you saw something else, maybe then God. And God gets jealous. You saw a wife or a husband with more intensity than you're seeking God. And God gets tenderly and you get there and you don't even enjoy your marriage because God doesn't do it. He want to serve God and give up to God when they get situated. What kind of situated? We don't need more than God has. Listen, they entered into a covenant to seek the Lord God with all, with, of their fathers with all their heart and with all their souls. And whosoever would not seek the Lord God of his will. Anybody that won't go up in August. You're going to cut them off. You're going to sever them forever. That's how scared they were about getting out in that high calling in Jesus. Because if anybody that won't do it, you're going to put them to death. You're not playing no games. You're going to have to find God in this world. And these people, and you got some people going to drag their feet. So those, you're going. You're going to lift off. You're going to see God, you're gonna, if you got to fast more, you got to pray more, if you have to strive more, if you have to cut off this, that, or the other, if you have to stay in the house more, whatever we have to do. If I got to spend my weekends in the house instead of shopping or after trying to find bargains, whatever. You're going to see God. When you're seeking God, see, it's not talking about God, but it's seeking the will of God and what would draw you closer to God. You're before God and you're, you're inquiring of God. Lord, what is between me and the door? That's when you're thinking, God, Lord, how do I spend myself more to have a greater degree of glory? That's when you're thinking, that's what thinking God is all about. Lord, what is your perfect will concerning this? I'm doing something, but I might feel your perfect will. You might be just tolerating me. I want to know your perfect will. I'm going beyond the toleration. When I'm still saved, I'm not concerned about that. I want to know what I my best for God, not just trying to be on the inside of grace where I might go to heaven if you could tonight. I, I, you could be beyond that. Keep those things which are above. Listen, you want let me tell you all something tonight. You won't have to get another. I'm going to tell you why. You listen to me tonight. Because that's the only way you're going to get above something. 
some of this stuff that people been around for years, everywhere I go doing, they should have been a brother years ago. You gonna you and your wife gonna have problems because you're not a brother. You still down there when that kind of stuff goes on. You still gonna lust because you're not above that. You can try all you want to, but you got to get above it. You got to be actually above it. You're gonna strive and contend and be rational and show your colors. You're not above that. And the devil comes and all this kind of stuff and all kind of stuff. I'm above that. That's not even a part of my agenda anymore. That's not a part of my thought pattern anymore. Don't just come with that. Mess. I'm above that. You ought to get above some things. You're praying five years later, trying to get above some lot of filthiness. You should have gotten rid of the second day. Trying to get in God's will. That should have been what you thought to begin with. And many did find it. Many, many were there. Many were there. You to hold them back. You to hold them back. They were so concerned about the will of God. We actually have to stop people from fasting. I've had to stop. I've had to actually leave that night. I have actually had to intervene. So they won't get too far. Please. I have to make 10 or 12 days. I don't want to, you know, I think that there might be a better way. Refraining. Abstaining. Ready to give up anything. It didn't make any difference how involving it was. Whether it meant their livelihood, it didn't make any difference. Said, well, it don't make any difference anyway. If I'm not in God's will, what difference does it make? I don't even care. I'm not living anyway. If I'm not in God's will, so I give it up, I don't care. That quest is gone and forgotten. That quest is gone and forgotten. One of these days, you're going to reckon with all of these challenges. You're going to reckon with all these messages. You're going to reckon with all those fears that God gave you. Listen, when I told you this, this is the truth. There are stages in life because I call you young men because you're strong. Listen, even in my ministry, I'm in a different phase of my ministry now. You're like John, little children, loving life. He had the glory of the mountain. Uh, but the, the, that rugged, that rugged stuff, what he did when he was maybe uh, 12 and then the tag and everything, his mind was quite different. His ministry was quite different. See, I could do what I've always done, but my mind, just like raising a family. You know, if I had to, I'm not going to sit around my meditation, but it's by itself. And God, see, God knew what he was doing because he makes me keep uh, several your productivity at the same stage in life because it's just not the same anymore. I just couldn't, I just, I just had to do something else. I couldn't make it anymore. I have not spent time I was going to be done and cooking me and all that kind of stuff. I didn't do something else. I didn't go in there anymore. I can't go with that anymore. I used to fight all night long, didn't go to work. I mean, you know, I'm gone and thriving and I get up and going and fight out next day. But see, my, I'm thinking about things. I don't care I get kicked all night. I'm trying to get him a good deal out of the Well, by the same token, see, you, you, you cannot, after a while, you don't feel like this. Uh, see, you know, I, I used to tear into false religion. I used to look for him. 
I'll have to walk around my grandpa. You know, see, but now, see, I mean, I, I'll do it when it's necessary, you know, but there's a kind of a zeal that goes with usefulness and vigor, you know. See, I didn't say, I mean, I'll bring them on and convince them and put them in the north. Some of them just say, they might be able to say them about the Well, that's the secret now. It's, 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 I think I call it different. I, I do it now on a different scale. When you pass that stage, you're awkward trying to do it. You're trying to go off in the ministry, you get way over the hill, and you're awkward. Because they have a certain you can relate to as you did, that you cannot identify yourself with as you once did. You're in a different phase. If you pass that phase, you get captured. It's a lost opportunity, and it's lost to do. And you won't be successful in what you're trying to do. I'm telling you, children, you want to like, you need to get off an orbit so you can get that high calling. Now, you might get saved late in life, but you can't release that calling. But you've got to get drastic now. And you ought to know that by the tree that you get in orbit. There's nothing where there's so many things to do. And my children. And my family. The house giving me. My car and all of it. I've got so many things now that the destruction are uh, uh, so bad. I'm getting opposition from my parents. I'm getting opposition from my husband. I'm getting opposition from here. And now, you're just earthbound. You're earthbound. You can't get mad at it. You can't get See, uh, listen, there's a certain power if you can trust you out it. See, uh, Christ comes, there's a certain power you must have. You need to jump. You need jumping? You can't jump out of that prison. You can't jump at all. You can't jump at all. The infant and two are coming to seek the Lord. We, um, we're going to get an orbit tonight. We're going to get an orbit, but we have to kill those who won't go with us. We don't need no dead here. We don't need no negativism around here. We don't need nobody pulling us by a coat here like a coffee. We need we are, It takes all a unified effort to put this thrust, this general thrust. And that's what we want. We're behind already. So we're going to get together. We're going to make a covenant with God. We're going to seek God in His will. And if we have to stop eating, stop drinking, tap our family, I don't care what we got to do. I'm going on it. I'm going on it tonight. We're about to leave behind what people understand or don't understand you, and whatever. That, that's, that's their business. It gives me an individual that I'm, I'm, if I can't get you to go with I do it on my own. That's the conversation I have to make. If I can't get the congregation to go with I got to go by myself. If I can't get the other members to go, I got to go alone. Paul did it. Paul went down there by himself and got another. He said, those are the people, the other parts didn't go get it. He got the way they were. He went and got another. He got the glory of God and came back, broke out with the power of God. He got the high calling. There are many obstructions. There are many open doors that they have to say. They are adversaries. They are adversaries. I'm not going to compare myself with other people. I appreciate them. I respect him, but I'm not comparing myself to nobody but Jesus. Because that's what I call him here. The high calling is in Christ. It's not in my comrades, but other people do what they will do. He's going to be worthy until Jesus comes, and more so. If you want to let that affect you, then you do that with him. You have a thought tonight. You have an option. You just go on the lunch and try to talk about it until you die. You remember? About 12 years ago, as a minute, you, most of you are as high as you'll ever get.
in life and see if you can pinpoint a time well more than that you check your altimeter and see how high you are Sing and watching, 
fighting for you and for me. Come home.